Hello everybody, what's up? You're listening to I Was Just Wondering with me, Tom Salmon. This show that dives into music, film and games and everything else in between. My guest on this week's show is Reese Grant, who wrote, directed and produced his first short film, The Hood. We jumped into Reese's Met Film School experience, how growing up in Lewisham influenced his storytelling style, and what's it like to pursue a full-time filmmaking career in the British film industry in 2019. So, if you're running, stuck in a traffic jam, or sitting behind a desk at work, hope you enjoy my interview with Reese. So you've just reached 1.2 million views on YouTube for your short film Hood. So what's the four and a half year journey been like reaching that milestone? I would say at the start it was pretty, it was quite a slow like, um, well I'll give you a bit of backstory. Basically um, mm-hmm. I made that short film at Met Film School, which right. is a, um, a film university, a private um, private school for um, film school. I did that in I was on um, the BA practical filmmaking course. I was on a degree. I did that within the first year of the degree. And then I dropped out in the first year. Right. And that was my, like, the end of year. Um, That was in part of my module for the end of year, like, film. Mm -hmm. After that, um, my reasons for dropping out was, um, I would say film school was, I, I learned quite a lot, but at the time I couldn't really, it was very expensive. Right. I just about funded the first year and I really couldn't fund the second year and I felt like I, I felt like I could probably like um, just be a runner or like just mm. do loads of hands-on experience because I couldn't really fund the second year. Right. If I had money, I probably would have carried on but just that, just due to money and like just through my experience, I felt like I didn't really have to carry on the, the journey of um, the okay. filmmaking course. One of the questions I was going to ask you actually was, I mean, do you think film schools are still good value for money in the era of 4K smartphones, cheap editing software and free distribution platforms like YouTube and Vimeo? I would say when I went to film school, I pretty much had no knowledge about certain things. Like I I knew a bit about like editing because I used to like make music videos like with Mm. my friends. I would say they gave me a more of a like in-depth knowledge. Yeah, I would would say it's not necessary. It's not compulsory, Mm. I would say. Yeah, because I know a couple big directors that have never gone to like film school, so I think it just depends on like where the um the individual where the experience is or what what they're kind of going film school for. Mm. But I would say like stuff like YouTube and Vimeo that is a that is a big platform that you could really like um you could kind of create something from that. Like you can maybe like. You can make something and it gets a million views and that can give you another opportunity to do something else. For the previous sort of filmmakers I've spoken to, they were just really about um, entering into very sort of prestigious um, short film festivals. Um, But I just wonder in terms of your particular experience, in terms of using YouTube, because in terms of like that's just purely based on views, like you don't get awards or prize money or um, mentorship from that, but it's more visible I just wondered in your particular journey was always you were always sort of gravitating towards more YouTube in terms of your work. I would say like at the start, because when I made the film, I thought I'd I, I kind of doubted the film. I thought it was all right, but I didn't think that um, I didn't think it would probably win any festivals. I was quite like harsh on the film, mm-hmm. so I just thought let me just put it on YouTube. Like I don't already. I don't really think it's really gonna. I don't think I didn't think it was worthy of. It was my first short film, so I didn't really think it was worthy of like. Yeah. 
I saw loads of little, um, just little errors when I was watching the film. So I just thought, no, I don't think it's going to win anything. Mm. So I just put it online. And then a couple of years later, like throughout the years, loads of people said that I should have submitted it to festival. So mm. I kind of regret it now, but I kind of learned my lesson that I should probably like um, go down the, the festival route on my next projects. But it's kind of nice being a very up and coming, a new filmmaker like yourself, taking more advantage of sort of social media and YouTube where people can sort of like connect to you through sort of like DMs or messages um, and create opportunities that way without necessarily having to be in the room with them. Um, and sort of speaking on the opportunities you got from um, Hood, uh, what have they been? I've got like representation for um, music video directing. Mm-hmm. So that would be like a, um, a kind of like a pathway that I'm looking to um well I, I still want to be do I still want to do film directing but I'll now be like looking to do music video directing on the side as well right so hopefully that will um take off very soon because I've only done like I've only done a few music videos I've, I've really like um I haven't really done many music videos but I'm looking to take it more seriously this year and what sort of um what are the music videos that you've worked on so far been like I did, um, uh, there's an artist called Nora. She's, um, I did her debut music video. It was, it was last year. Actually, yeah, it was, um, sorry, not last year. It was uh, earlier this year. Right. We released it, yeah. With music videos, the, um, the component of like, if you're making a narrative, sort of like short film, sound is everything. But I guess with the music videos, and the reason why they're so quick is you don't actually have to use sound because obviously you've got the song. So how did you find working in something that's maybe a more, not necessarily more visual media, but something that isn't so reliant on narrative. Well, I like to kind of like work with the artists and like kind of get into like what the song means to them. So like we kind of worked with like the the concept behind like what the story kind of means, like what, like just the lyrics and like, um, like why they wrote the song, like what it means to them. And then we kind of went from there on that video. Because I like to, um, I would say my style for like music videos, I like to like make more like meaningful music videos. Like, mm-hmm. and would you say that that's sort of informed by your time growing up in Lewisham? And would you say that sort of like influenced your filmmaking voice and your point of view behind the camera? I would say yeah, my my upbringing and my environment has kind of molded my um, my style because um, I do photography on the side as well, and I, right. I, I really like black and white photography. So, yeah, my, my work is like heavily got a black and white influence. Later on in my career, I would like to make a lot of black and white films. Is there any sort of like particular reason why you find, why you gravitate towards more sort of like black and white sort of chromatic filmmaking than, say, colour? I don't know. I just, I just really like the, the look and that. It gives you a certain mood. But I obviously understand with film that like you can't really, you can't really force a black and white film. It's got a kind of, it's kind of got to go with the um i would say maybe the the kind of genre obviously the very famous one recently was the artist that won the oscar and then going yeah. even further um, like, have you seen room i like that that was in black and white that was a recent, quite recent film. yeah it was yeah yeah it was really good and what else was i think lahane going really yeah really yeah, Lahane. That's, yeah that's a good film yeah i like that I mean, obviously, Hood deals with drugs, domestic violence and knife crime. And these are very sort of present social issues affecting the UK right now. And I just wonder, when you were writing and creating the film in 2014, like, how important was it for you to tell this sort of story? And kind of like, how does it relate to your own uh, personal experience? Because that story is like a summary of like 
my upbringing in Lewisham. So I worked, mm. it was very personal. So like when I made the film, well, when it was in a pre-production, a lot of scenes got removed. So I wouldn't, it was kind of like my vision wasn't 100%. So mm. that's why I kind of didn't really, I wasn't even going to upload it to YouTube, to be honest, because um, I felt like it wasn't, it wasn't how I kind of visioned the script and mm. the ending got changed. Because I wanted more of like, um, I wanted more of a positive ending just to show mm. like views that um, if you're in that lifestyle, like there is a way out sometimes. Like it mm. doesn't always have to end that with a bad ending or because there's always a positive like out of a negative situation. So I kind of wanted that kind of, I didn't want a cliche ending like it ends yeah. quite bad, but because due to um, it being controlled by the school, I couldn't, um, I didn't have a say on every like part of the, um, I would say the script. Right. I, had to comp- I had to compromise basically, yeah. I thought if I'm going to direct a film like within that kind of genre or that kind of, kind of gangster, kind of, mm. that kind of gangster film, I thought like I might as well do something that hasn't been done before. Like it's not predictable. Like mm. I, I don't want to do a storyline that's, being done i wanted to give it a bit of um i don't know i have like i would say like make the audience not know how it's gonna end like, mm. loads of people that i've watched it they said that um yeah like they didn't expect certain things to happen so i would say i was quite happy with that because for my first film and um yeah. it's not that predictable because it's quite hard to um to kind of send the audience or the audience another way in terms of the ending you had envisioned i'm going to link your short film to the episode so people can if they don't want spoilers they can jump off now watch the film and then come back but in terms of your original ending what had you kind of like planned for other than the one that's in the film yeah i don't want to spoil it for like the listeners but um it was basically like the main character he kind of leaves that lifestyle behind Mm. and he just decides that's not for him right yeah that would that would have been my like ideal ending like he just kind of removes himself with the situation and can you kind of remember what the argument against that was from from the school of like why they perhaps weren't in favor of a more sort of like positive ending like that um i would say my reason was because i would i did hear where they were coming from i think they thought the ending that i used was more impactful like it was more yeah, it had more of an impact hmm it did have more of an impact, but it was it still was very cliche. But I don't know. I guess it worked. It got a million views. So. I can see where you're coming from because from one from one side, you can say, well, it's literally just reinforcing a stereotype of like all these sort of stories kind of end in that particular way. If I knew that they was gonna make me end it like that, I probably wouldn't even um made like produce the film. I probably mm. would have used another script. Yeah, because it's kind of following the same um structure of other films mm. but i would like to make it into a feature one day and i would like to do it how i um, envision because it was originally meant to be a feature film script but right kind of cut loads of like bits out and then i just kind of summarize i just flat mm. summarize the feature into like 15 minutes basically right in terms of the cast um how directly related were they to the sort of issues that you were sort of like dealing with yeah, most of the male actors, they were all from very similar backgrounds and like they related to the characters. And um, some of them were my friends and then two of them were like training professional actors. Right. The main characters, they were, but they they come from similar environments. 
so they kind of related to. I think that's why they applied because um, they um, they kind of connected with the the storyline. Mm. And then the female actress, the other main actress, she was um, yeah, she's from a similar similar background as well. Yeah, so pretty much everyone was from basically the the kind of background that I kind of envisioned. Right, just to be from. So I know this isn't a particularly easy question to answer, but I just wonder from your own personal experience and dealing with the subject matter the film deals with, essentially, it's like, how would you start to sort of tackle knife crime in 2019? I don't know, I think like, sometimes you feel like there's no hope. Mm. Like, when you're from that kind of, like, that background, you feel like... I don't know, you're like in a dark place where you feel like there's no hope or there's no way out. So I would say like maybe there's like more opportunities and like more or I don't even know, even like more like youth clubs or just like mm. activities because like they closed down loads of youth clubs because like in loads of areas in loads of like I would say um, yeah, in loads of areas in London they're like yeah. removed loads of youth clubs so like like what do we expect the youths to do like they're only gonna like that's only gonna lead to like bad things really mm. if they're not if they're not really like being um given opportunities or they're not being talked to like they're just only gonna do their own thing mm. so i would say like yeah look, just probably opportunity and mm. just someone to talk to because sometimes if you've got no one to talk to if you've got like if you've got someone that's like not really if you haven't got a positive role model telling you things, then that's only going to lead to bad things. In terms of filmmaking, um, was that an outlet for you to gravitate away from those negative influences in your life um, and perhaps provide more opportunity for you? Yeah, I kind of wanted to, like, escape and, like, just create opportunity for myself and, like, just be, like, a role model for, like, anyone who feels like they can't, they can't like leave that lifestyle or like they can't because I'm sure there's loads of people that they're like, out there that want to do films or they want to I don't know do music do photography but like they just feel they feel like there's no hope so like mm. hopefully like in three or four years time, I don't know when but when I get more bigger in my career and like they could look up to me because I do get quite lots of like I get DMs or like message by people that like are upcoming filmmakers or like photographers and they like say oh yeah they look up to me or like they're doing photography or directing because they've seen my film or they've seen my work yeah and I'm not really anywhere near where I'm trying to get to at the moment I feel like I've got a long way so like it's quite that's quite good that I've got like um I would say I've got a couple I've got a couple fans I think that's great, Noe, because oftentimes when you see really well-established like filmmakers, you kind of feel like, just in general anyway, like, well, how would I even get there? But what's sort of really nice is, like, people see your journey, where you're at and where you're going to, and they think, well, hang on a minute, like, you're not, you know, not too dissimilar from my sort of experience. Maybe I can jump in and do a similar sort of thing and navigate my own way through it. Yeah, because sometimes I feel like, I don't know what advice to give because I'm not really there yet, so it's quite mm. difficult. Because I'm like, that's they try to give me, um, they try to ask me like advice how to like, yeah, just like filmmaking advice or like directing advice, and I'm I'm not really like an established director yet, so it's quite hard. Mm. 
because um, I'm still trying to get in the industry myself, so it's quite it's quite tricky sometimes to kind of um, yeah. <laughs> 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 I just, um, I just wonder, what do you think of film institutions like the BFI, Creative England, or Screen Skills? And do you feel they give enough support to encourage, say, minority or underprivileged um, filmmakers, especially when they're starting out? I feel like with the industry, I feel like it's more like I would say, obviously, it's about how talented you are. But at the same time, I feel like you've kind of got to know the right people, mm. and if you don't know the right people, then it's going to be a very long waiting game because yeah I would say you need to kind of know who's who mm. I kind of I kind of realised I kind of realised that like just when I left film school I kind of realised that it's not um, I thought I thought it might I thought it wouldn't be as hard as it was I thought it would be hard but I realised that you need to know who's who otherwise it was it'll be very it's a very difficult um road so if you don't, mm. you don't know like who to contact and yeah because just now i'm trying to like get my contacts find out like who i need to get to for like investments and because mm. most of my projects were self-funded so like right i would love to get funding but i don't really know the right people or like or who to contact so it's quite difficult so at the moment in terms of you're figuring out your um, filmmaking career, as you said, you're building up your um, contacts and understanding. I mean, have you looked into into sort of various sort of like film schemes and and sort of kind of seeing that if you're um, eligible or not? Yeah, I've tried to like. I probably applied for like two like filmmaking like funds, but I have I didn't really get any. I didn't really get any like results. So like, mm. I kind of just I don't know. I just kind of gave up, and I would right. say like. I kind of thought like I should probably just self-fund again, like the way mm. I did the like, I just self-funded it. It's quite difficult. It's quite difficult doing the funding, the funding route because they they want like it'll be quite annoying. Like sometimes there'll be like just something I don't qualify for. Like I might say like I don't know won some awards or like mm. or it will just have always something that I don't qualify for sometimes. Mm. So sometimes I can't even apply. So I kind of gave gave up looking for funding. Right, but in the future maybe I might I might actually like just try looking for funding again. But so I just wondered, uh, as a filmmaker, and I'd like your hot take in terms of sort of films like Moonlight, Black Hangsman, Get Out, Black Panther, and Us. There definitely seems to be uh, an underserved yet hungry audience for diverse and progressive cinema in America. But I was just kind of wrapping my brains uh, before the interview to think in the UK of any very sort of like recent films that have caught people's attention like those particular films have? I would say the only film that's like kind of diverse that's kind of like had a buzz would be like, you know, like have you seen No Clocks, like trilogy of films? Mm, yeah, the Kid at Hood movies. Yeah, that would be the only I would say that was the, that would be the only kind of like films I've had like a good reception in the UK for like, but apart from that I can't really... No, I couldn't either, and it was a shame, really, because I'm sure that there are... And obviously, like, a filmmaker like Noel Clark, he made his name on, was it gangs sort of, like, slash crime-related sort of, like, projects before being given the um, freedom to make, say, a science fiction film or, or a period drama, um, for example. But do you think there's kind of, like, an unfair and often unspoken expectation that you'll kind of have to make your name making a more 
you know, urban crime, gang, drug-related movie before you'll be given the opportunity to sort of spread your wings and make, you know, a film completely unrelated from your own experience? Yeah, I think it's very difficult to get your, your big break. For me, me personally, I would just make a film like that because I kind of connect with it and I feel mm. like I could, I could make a film like that to the best of my... I think because I've been in loads of... Um, I've got I've got loads of experience from mm. being in those environments. I feel like I'll give it a very realistic like touch. To, yeah, um, yeah. Because that's what I try to I, I try to do. With the hood. That's why like um, for that the cinematography I made it all handheld. So like mm. it's like the viewers um following the characters. Yeah, I tried to give it like a realistic kind of like movement. Yeah. So like on my next. On my next like films that I do, I'll be doing like loads of like long takes and like right. it'll be handheld long yeah loads of long takes. Cause, um, yeah, that'll be my style. I like long takes and I like handheld shots. Right, so more of a sort of documentarian sort. Yeah, because like, I like um, I like re- I like I like re- I really like realism. Mm. So um, I'll be making like loads of like realism films. Right. Yeah, I would say like because um, loads of people like when I made the hood, they said that um, I shouldn't really make too much of those films because then I'll just be like kind of boxed in, mm. like I'll be categorized like um, um, just a director that makes hood films. So like right. I don't really want to make too many. I would mm. just probably, I'll probably just make a few more than a feature. Then I'll be done. I'll right. move on to like all my other um, all my other scripts that I've written. And what are some of those other scripts? I mean, what other sort of apart from, uh, so like urban based sort of like dramas, what other sort of like genres of filmmaking sort of capture your imagination and, and sort of stories? I've got another dark kind of I, idea that I'm working on. It's like based on mental health. So mm-hmm. I will, it's like a, a a web series or maybe even TV series if I um, if I get it commissioned. So I'm working on that idea with uh, another writer and. I've got a comedy idea that I'm, I've written with another writer. So I've got like two very different scripts. Right. From the, so like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I, li- I like to write them myself mm-hmm. or collaborate. Cause, um, cause I, I mo- most of my work are based on, um, experiences that I've been through. Right. So I had a bit of, um, my own kind of like my own story. Like w- most of my work will have like, a story that I've been through have like something that I connect with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, most yeah, in all my scripts, it's got a touch of like my story in it. Right. So they come from a very sort of like personal yeah like, place. You have to locate it sort of personally rather than just like it being of sort of pure not necessarily a flight of fancy, but you know a work of pure sort of like fiction in a way that you definitely have to find something within that story that you locate that you sort of personally dealt with. Yeah, and all, and all my scripts are something that I've personally gone through, yeah. Because mm. I feel like I know the story a lot. In the future, I, I wouldn't always make it personal, but because, mm. like, I've got loads of stories that I'm dying to tell Yeah, that I've kind of been through. I would just wonder, so if you're connecting from a very personal place with your sort of stories, you're writing and you're creating and directing them, in terms of, with this sort of subject matter, especially in Hood, with the sort of like domestic violence, the drug and, 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 and knife crime. I just wonder in terms of you sort of like processing these more sort of like personal stories, has film helped you sort of like cope or deal with those particular 
their trauma is not wanting to get sort of like too personal yeah i would say yeah like i feel like um like i feel like i just need to like kind of get these stories out like just let them off my chest because mm. um i would say like there's not many like there's not many of these films that get released that are like based on like true events mm. or like yeah like i would say like the mainly like will be made up or it'll be written by someone that doesn't really have any um connection to those stories yeah so i would say yeah i would definitely love to like get out all, all, all those stories that are close to me that I feel like needs to be heard. I would love to get them out of there one day onto a short film or feature film or right. TV. Like, yeah, that would be my... Um, that's what I'm trying to work towards. So this is a bit sort of tangential, but I just wonder in terms of, say, like rap music or like drill music, which deals a lot of sort of similar sort of issues... In terms of where those particular, those artists, where they're sort of like coming from, it's like personal experience, but what tends to happen is it, um, well, not tends to happen, but there is an element of, as you're saying, um, people just sort of making up it being sort of like a flight of um, fantasy in a way that it just becomes a work of pure sort of like fiction. And I just wondered in terms of your point of view on that particular sort of like music genre at the moment, which is fairly sort of like prevalent and they rightly or wrongly has been sort of linked to sort of gang violence i just wondered what your particular take um was on that that you do you think in terms of like that form of expression that whether it's it's good for people to kind of tell those sort of stories but in another way those people telling those sort of stories has incited reprisals i would say it's quite difficult because like if they don't tell the story then some of them may not escape that lifestyle so Mm. i would say it's quite like um, it's quite a difficult one because um, cause some of the rappers they do like kind of like they do kind of like diss other gangs so it's quite um, it does have a, like an, uh, an effect when they when they kind of diss another gang but at the same time if they don't make the songs about their lifestyle or they don't um, if they don't like promote their music then they might not they may still be in that lifestyle so it's quite hard like it's like they mm. kind of yeah like what what they're rapping about is not very it's not very good for people to hear or like young people to hear because young people might be influenced by it. But I don't know if that's really what's happening. Then I can't really, um, I can't really, I can't really say they shouldn't rap about the way they're living if that's how they're living. Because it's quite, it's quite a difficult kind of question. Yeah. Cause, um, cause they're just trying to make out that mm. situation as well. So it's like, if they don't, they've got no other, they've got, yeah. Like I feel like they, Deep down, they don't really want to rap about it, but they know that they've seen other rappers kind of make it and get out. So, like, they feel like it's their turn to do it. The scene's getting quite big now, and like, loads of people, like, from that background are kind of... They're making, like, big money from it, and they're mm-hmm. getting signed to big labels. So I feel like that's the reason they're doing that. They're seeing results. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, it's, it, some, yeah some people would say it is... um. It is spiking the um, the knife crime, but but I, but I feel like in general, in general, the knife crime is quite high. So like, you can't really put the full responsibility mm. on the music. Yeah, you can't really. But yeah, I think everyone have their different opinion. Like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't generally say like the music is spiked the knife crime. But um, but yeah, rapping about it is not is not the best solution. But if if it's if it uh, makes the rapper feel better to release the music, then yeah, 
so that that's good for them if it, if it gets it off their chest like for me I, I would like to get um certain stories off my chest by releasing films so with mm. them it'll be music so yeah yeah I can't really like um go against um, releasing that kind of music it is hard though because you're right on one hand it's like that's the way out that if they get successful then they have to stop doing what they're doing on the side but in the process they are promoting what they're doing on the side which is then influencing other people to kind of do sort of similar activities to a certain extent so it's like the individual versus the community and that must be a very very tough position to kind of be in and i think what's often overlooked is that these people that are rapping out these particular stories are suffering from very severe sort of like trauma mental trauma and they have to, you have to express it and maybe the idea of, of seeing a therapist within that sort of particular community or something that just isn't available. So you have to get this out. You have to talk about where you're, um, where you're at. So I can, I can see, definitely see like on both sides and it is very tricky. I feel like it is very tricky because like, yeah, I don't know, because I see like on the news, like they're so against that kind of music. They try mm. to ban the videos, they try to take it down, they try to ban the rappers from rapping, but like, mm. and then they have to like, change their name and their identity where mm. like wear masks just to cover the identity and mm. but at the same time if 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 that can get them out then mm. yeah it's quite it's quite it's quite tricky because i feel like it will just be it's just going to be a cycle i don't think it will mm. really stop i think years on a line it'll be the same situation like they've got to rap about it to get their way out I understand that you're working on making Hutu, which you've sort of spoken about. How far along are you in the development process? And what's it like putting together an independent feature in 2019? I would say it's quite tricky because, like, I've got, like, I've got a big expectation. So, yeah, because when I released the first one, there was no expectation because I've never, no one's ever heard of me. Mm. Or like we've never seen any of my films because I've never, I never, I never really uploaded any. So it was kind of like it was kind of good to just like I had no pressure really. But now because right. I've got like nearly four thousand subscribers on YouTube, I've mm-hmm. got like a bit of pressure from like I would say like companies and like I've obviously um, I'm gonna I've got my agent and then yeah couple couple of people that um are looking to promote the film for me so like i've got yeah i've got quite a lot of pressure on my um my follow-up but i would say i'm trying to look for like i'm, I'm quite i'm quite a perfectionist so like i haven't um i, I would like everything to be like like 100 my vision i do like on the last film like mm. certain scenes got removed and like because the producers didn't see my vision, so on this, uh, every every like crew member, I would like them to like see my vision. I don't want right. to like have one that doesn't really, um, yeah, they don't see my vision. Right. And because I think I think actors as well, I would like to um, use more professional actors because I just use my friend. I just, I basically used to use what I could get. Right. Next time, on the next one, I would like to use like actors that um, that I feel like. The, like exactly how I wrote the character like they, they could um, I could get the, the exact performance that I've, I've written yeah I'm proud so yeah I would like to use better actors and then I would like to obviously um, probably shoot on a better better camera and have a better camera crew as well and right. lighting crew 
In terms of the sort of writing process, have you written have you written the full draft of of Hood Two? Uh, I'm still working on the draft, but um, but yeah, I've kind of got an idea of how I want to um, write it. I've kind of got this the structure, just that I need to um, I need to like just I just need to finalize everything. Right. Yeah, I just need to get a final um, get like probably like I'll probably get a script editor to look at it or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to just to get a final look, because I'm quite um I'm quite new to script writing, so I wouldn't right. I wouldn't just go ahead and start shooting without getting the final approval. Just sort of like wrapping up with you in the in the sort of like future, what do you think your dream project would be if time and money wasn't an issue? A film with like a kind of like musical or poetry kind of narration kind right. of vibe, and I would like for it to be in black and white. Right. My main, yeah, that would be my main, like, my my um, dream project to create something in black and white and have to, like, for it to be, like, a musical. Right. Just something, something, something very, very different. Is there any particular yeah, films like, you draw inspiration from about that sort of like project that would be, that kind of, like, you've sort of, like, seen and go, like, oh, that's really cool, and I did, like, do my version of that? I don't know, like, my favourite musical would be, like, I know it's quite random, it would be, like, I really like Oliver Twist. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I don't know, I thought, like, I was thinking, like, of maybe, like, I don't know, like, maybe merging that kind of, like, like a musical, like, something. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, I've always wanted to do, like, a musical, or, like, something to do with poetry. I would like Hmm. to, like, merge musical and poetry in my film and make it black and white something right. something along them lines would you think in terms of obviously being a UK sort of like filmmaker and in terms of like location would that be something you go like well I do like this sort of like poetry sort of like musical like in Lewisham yeah like that could work yeah like because I'm I've, I've always had an idea in my head but I'm, I'm not really it, se- it seems like it's a very, very bold move so I think I would do that whenever I'm, I'm established because <laughs> I, I don't think people would um I don't think they would give me a chance to like watch that film unless like I've hit a certain amount of um I don't know I think uh, like when I've had like a certain amount of like credits like yeah they've, they've seen like my like ten previous projects and they kind of know like what to expect like if I was to do that on my next project I feel like that might not have um as good reception <laughs> as I um, imagine to get. I don't know. Um, it sounds like a very interesting concept to me. That's something that would definitely grab my attention. Yeah, because I've had I've had that idea for quite a while. Just that I've, I'm I'm quite a perfectionist. I don't I wouldn't want to do it, and um, it's not done right. Like I've obviously got to like think about like all the lyrics and then mm. the poetry and the story. Like it's all got intertwined, so it's quite. I know it's going to take a lot lot longer to write than mm. the short films I've written. And it's got to hit certain subject matter. Like it's got, it's very. I've been the music. It's very, um, yeah. That one's very, um, yeah. That one's going to be very deep. So I've got to, probably later on in my career. I'll definitely. Yeah. So there you have it. I had a great time chatting with Reese. Please do like and subscribe to the show on SoundCloud and YouTube, and drop a comment or two. And you can get in touch with me at the Salmoning One on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Tom, and I catch up with you next episode.